The Law Report with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you from tonight's Law Report program. Well, this evening the focus is on family law and joining me in the studio is Mandy Schultz and she's an attorney practicing in Cape Town as Schultz Inc. Attorneys and who currently specializes in family and divorce matters. Mandy, good evening. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Thank you. Thank you, Corin, for having me back. Well, family law is simply the law that governs domestic or family-related issues in South Africa and includes marriage or the legal status similar to marriage, the dissolution of marriage, the concerns affecting children and death. Now, each and every one of us will, at some stage in our lives, be affected by family law, whether it's the legal ramifications of forming a union with our chosen partner, the dissolution of that union, how the children of the union are affected, or simply inheritance issues following the death of a family member. Now, as most issues relating to family can become contentious at times, it's crucial that there are laws governing all aspects of family relationships. Most of us will become far too angry or upset to deal with a breakdown in a family relationship, and this is where family lawyers are invaluable. Now, they deal with the client's needs even-handedly, following the letter of the law every step of the way. And uh, Mandy has got some really interesting news for us this evening. It's a brand new thing, and we're going to be talking about that first of all, Mandy. It's something called collaborative law, and you went on a course just this past weekend. That's correct, Karen. Collaborative uh, divorce law or collaborative uh, dispute resolution has been in the States and uh, the UK for a substantial amount of years, you know, since the early 90s, when they established that mediation just gives a part of the solution. It doesn't always work. And uh, mediation and facilitation is a new thing in South Africa. It's barely five years old, so, and it comes from the New Children's Act, where it says that parents must be collaborative rather than fight. So some attorneys started with, uh, you know, FAMAC, which I think in Cape Town is well known. In the rest of the country, it's not. And um, there's uh, accredited mediators, and um, they try and resolve the matter between the parties. I think when mediation at the start of a divorce falls on its face, it's because of the emotional state of the uh, parties. You know, uh, the statistics are that... Um, the trauma of divorce is actually worse than death. And the reason for that is, in death, it's such a common, acceptable thing. There's rituals, you know, and a very supportive community in that. Where with divorce, there's still the religious no-no. Even 50% or more of people in first marriages gets divorced. That's actually quite frightening. It is frightening. And the statistics for second divorces are even higher. So... What collaborative law gives you above what mediation does is they take in consideration that emotional state. And normally people come and see attorneys in the anger state. So you get the denial state like with death, and then you get your anger, and then you know you go through the stages of depression, etc., etc., until you start getting through the curve. And they say that that takes about two years. So what collaborative law says is, we can't get people to really think positively and to a bigger picture and be responsive rather than reactive in that state. It's, it's fight or flight. You know, it's that fear state. So with collaborative law, what they say is each party have a collaborative attorney. The collaborative attorney signs an agreement to say that we will not litigate. 
So this doesn't go to court at any point during this particular form of, I would call it mediation. This collaborative law does not get to court. There is no threat of uh, going to court and uh, the attorneys have to withdraw if the, uh, the, the, the negotiations doesn't work. So, and these attorneys talk to each other like colleagues. How does your client feel? How do my client feel? How can we sort this out? But because we realize what the emotional state of people are. We say, let's get them help. Yes, they may have their therapists, but that's talking about the past and all that stuff. They talk about coaches. So it's mental health practitioners that act as a coach to deal with, now what? I understand you're angry, but how do you want to deal with it? Not let's go into the past about why you're angry and coming from your childhood. It takes too long. But it is recognizing the emotional state of the people right now. And then from there, they go into, all right, now how can we diffuse the anger and act to the benefit of the children? And they, the main purpose, besides the emotional part, is also that the parties can start talking about a parenting plan. So rather than the parties appointing a forensic, a forensic um, psychologist that's costing quite a bit of money these days, for that report, these parties talk. And um, the attorneys and the psychologists come together and say, okay, there are kids, let's get a neutral child specialist that can speak on behalf of the children. Because the Children's Act also say that the children has to have a voice. But they don't come and act on behalf of the children. All that they say is they talk to the kids. And what will happen is they come in and the parents may think, you know what, the kids are fine. Well, in the meantime, they're not. But they're too scared to tell mom and dad or the parents that they're not coping. Or they tell mom one thing and they tell dad the same thing. And then what happens is the bickering. But the kid says this to me. Nobody says this to me. <laughs> <laughs> and children are very good at playing one parent off they're, the other. And they're scared. Mm. You know, and they, they, the, the biggest thing is they're scared to lose the love. And they are fearful of what's going to happen to them. So the child specialist comes and says, the children are scared. And also a lot of the time if you talk to children that have gone through divorce, they're, I mean it's almost nine times out of ten, the child will think it's their fault, that they've exactly. done something that's caused this now, and the child then lives with this guilt, and it, it's traumatic. Absolutely. And the, this child specialist, I'm sure, will deal with all that sort of thing as well. Absolutely so. So um, that will bring that aspect in. And then, of course, finances in any divorce is also an issue. In the normal divorce, what will happen is one or both um, parties will go and get an accountant or a forensic accountant. Now, you can just think what's the cost involved of forensic accountants on both sides. And um, so they get one for a, a, a neutral accountant. And one of the things with collaborative law it is based on the utmost trust and transparency. It's calling out something bigger out of people than what it is a normal divorce. You know, it's not that fist to fist and that push and pull, push and pull thing. It is let's put the books on the table because we've got kids on the other side. And yes, I've been married to you for 10, 20, 30 years. Let's just honor that beyond the, the finalization or the ending of the relationship. And then the other big thing is, after the divorce, these people have relationship with these children. 
until they die. If they like it or not, they have a relationship. So you can just, well, well make it work now. <laughs> so when you come to the experts, I mean, you mentioned you get one expert. So you wouldn't each no. have, for example, a forensic accountant. No. There would be one appointed, a neutral forensic accountant yes. appointed for both parties. Exactly. So there's not this his one and her one and they're fighting amongst no. themselves. There's one that looks at both in a neutral manner. Exactly. And obviously it's going to be cheaper because the costs are split. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's going to be work out a lot cheaper in the end. Exactly. That's true. And this accountant says, this is what I see. And then they say, but I need a little more. And then while we're having the meeting as a collaborative team with the clients, they punch in the figures and say, okay, you're the mother of the child. You need to take care of the children. But I can see with what I'm willing to give you, you're not going to make it. I know I've got an antinuptial contract. I know I don't have to give you anything. But you're the mother of my children, and there are needs for my children. And because we're calling that higher consciousness, that higher person from people, that's what's making this work. Rather than, okay, I'm standing on my rights, and I've got this bulldog attorneys that's standing for my rights, you know. <laughs> At the end of the day, people litigate, uh, you know, depending on the size of the divorces, a hundred, two, three hundred thousand, even millions out on this. And for what? So that's why I am very, very excited about uh, the concept now being in South Africa. And also bear in mind that all that money you're spending on the attorneys for that lengthy, very costly divorce could be going to the upkeep of your children. So bear that in mind. Before we go any further, I just want to remind you that you tuned to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Kyron Key, and this is The Law Report. My guest tonight is Mandy Schultz. She's an attorney practicing here in Cape Town as Schultz Inc. Attorneys, and she currently specializes in family and divorce matters. If you have any questions on this topic, you can call us on 0892 10-2010, I just want to take a slight deviation from the collaborative law. You're also involved with a program called Flirting with Divorce. Now, this is the, the, the program that you, you do before you get to the collaborative law, and hopefully you sort of head people off at the pass. Yes. This is a case of, this is what's going to happen if you get divorced. This is what you're going to go through. Do you really want to go there? Now, tell yes. me a little bit about this program, Flirting with Divorce. Okay. And you were telling me you have quite a good success rate with this. Yes. I've um, developed Flirting with Divorce um, in a year that I took a sabbatical because it was just so significant to me about how destructive divorce is to families. And with my, you know, being an attorney for years, many of the times I saw what people don't have a clue what they're letting themselves in for when they go and see an attorney. And unfortunately, our jobs as attorneys, and I'm talking about the, you know, the, the, the traditional attorneys, as you know, is to protect your rights. So the moment you walk in there, you hear, this is what I can do, this is what I can do, this is your rights, wada, wada, wada. But people don't look at the bigger picture and at the cost of that. So with flirting with divorce, I take people right through the process of the moment they see an attorney, what is their path or their likely path if they do it in the traditional way of two attorneys not getting emotional help, not looking at the bigger picture. So it's the process, it's um, handling the Children's Act, what you know, there's quite a lot of confusion um, and still grey areas in the Children's Act. People hear a lot about facilitators, what's the role of facilitator, 
who needs a facilitator, who not. And then, you know, you get by a lot of feedback as well. That facilitation didn't work for me. And then we look at why doesn't it work and when can it work. And um, we give them also the option of mediation explaining that. And then the, the different marriage regimes, we deal with that on flirting with divorce. You're married in community of property. What's your likely way? How will the uh, estate be divided? The same with the cruel system and the marriage without a cruel system. So by the time people walk out there, they've got a very clear idea. What's the cost going to be? Um, what questions they need to ask attorneys when they go for first consultations? What's the type of paperwork that will be needed? But then I also in flirting with divorce look at, is this really your choice? Did you make a free choice or are you making a choice out of reactivity because this person had an affair or, you know, whatever the reasons are. There's thousands of reasons for divorce. And many a time it's just because the people don't have a, a joint vision anymore. They got married at 20, 25, now they're 45. Life looks completely different at 45 than at 25, but they didn't grow together. You know, like with business, they, 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 they didn't do the succession planning. Children are big now, or they're in the trick. Now what? You know, what do I want to do with my life? And then they think divorce is the easy way out. Or suddenly there's a young guy or a young girl making eyes at the partner. They feel good. I mean, that would be a, a slip. And um, so what I also find is people coming on flirting with divorce before, before they go into, for example, couples counseling, go in with a bigger commitment. If you don't close the door before you go in for counseling, I want to make a point and say, I think you're actually wasting your, uh, wasting your money. If you don't, if you keep the door open with a big D, forget it. That door will always be open. But people being on flirting with divorce, knowing the facts, go in there say, I really want to work on this marriage. Or, I want to get divorced, but I don't want to get divorced in the traditional way of killing each other. We want to get divorced in a different way. So that's the options. And then from flirting with divorce, we also have further courses where people can revision their marriage, relook their marriage, why are they in this marriage, or the, the, the longer course of, of flirting with divorce, where we plan it, where we include the counselling. And um, I always say to clients, don't be too much in a hurry to get divorced. <clears throat> a very strange attitude from a divorce attorney. They're trying to stop people from actually going ahead and doing it. You know, because most people have in their minds, well, I want to get divorced, I'll go to the attorney, they're going to help me and they're going to fight for me. They're not going to fight for my marriage normally. And that's exactly what you're doing, is you're actually fighting for the marriage as opposed to the actual divorce, which is rather unusual, Mandy. Yeah, I think um, it's rather giving people the choice, you know, a free choice from an unreactive space and knowing the facts. So that's more what I want to do. That's why my company, that company is called Freedom Finder, is finding your freedom to divorce or not, or finding, finding your freedom in the marriage. It doesn't have to be a strop around our necks. It doesn't have to be a very small box or a very small cage. People are happy. There are people that's been married for 60 years. Um, and it's beautiful to see if you still, you see them on, on, on the promenade holding hands. And that makes my heart sing. And I think, what is going on in our society? That we're not seeing that 
that often anymore. I think a lot of the time, in some cases, it possibly is a little bit too easy these days to get divorced. It's not as it was in the old days where it was quite a thing and a long, drawn-out, traumatic event and it was a very much of a scandal in the community if you even thought about it. These days, you know, unfortunately, you hear people saying, well, I'm getting married, but you know, if it doesn't work out, we can always get divorced. And you think, well, you don't go into a marriage thinking like that. Yeah. And a lot of people, unfortunately, do. Exactly. But then you also, unfortunately, have the other side where there are abusive marriages. And Absolutely. those are essential. That the woman or the man gets yes. out of that relationship. Absolutely. And then these sorts of things aren't really going to work. No, except that they still know what they're in for. And in the flirting with divorce um, course, they know the process. They know what their uh, options are. And um, they can ask their questions. We talk about domestic violence. We talk about all those horrible things. What does domestic violence mean? Is it just, you know, flying around with the fists? Or what about economical abuse? It's emotional abuse. Emotional abuse. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of types of the abuse. And we talk about that. So that's why it's also helpful for them. And uh, the maintenance issues get handled there. So that people know, okay, there's a likelihood that I will have spousal maintenance. Or forget about it. Don't even put it in their own. And the same with, with, with the children's maintenance. People go in blind. They don't know what the courts look at when maintenance is calculated or how is it calculated. So I would say flirting with divorce is for everybody. And from there you make your choice. I need to get out. And I will probably tell you, get out. And I will show you how to get out. And I'll put you in touch with the right attorney to support you. Because there you do need to be protected. But if it's just, we've drifted apart, we're not communicating anymore, uh, think again, you know, because if you go with that attitude in a second marriage, the likelihood is that you're going to have the same outcome as now, which is a second divorce. And it's costly. You don't want to go there. <laughs> no, you, you really don't want, don't want to go, go there. there. Well, you tune to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Karen Key, and this is The Law Report. My guest tonight is Mandy Schultz, and she's an attorney practicing here in Cape Town as Schultz Inc. Attorneys. She's currently specializing in family and divorce matters. If you have any questions, you can call us on 0892 10 2010. 0892 10 2010. You mentioned, just before I started talking about that, about spousal maintenance. Now, a lot of people aren't really aware of what spousal maintenance is. Could you just explain exactly? We all know about child maintenance and normally we know about it because it's almost impossible to get it and people spend hours queuing at the courts trying to get the maintenance. It's an absolute nightmare. What is spousal maintenance and who is entitled to it? Okay. The Marriage and the Maintenance Act says both um, parties, married couples, are mutually responsible to support each other. So it's not a thing that it's just the husband that needs to support the wife or the wife needs to support the husband. It's a mutual obligation. But it's still so that even in today's days that you get mothers where um, the parties decide mom is going to stay home to, be a, to, to, to look after the children. And I think it's a good thing. But she's putting her career on the line. She's not growing. She's not growing her estate and the husband is. And sometimes he would just give her enough money for the food, electricity, and a, a few rand for herself, which is not okay. So when it comes to divorce, there's different ways that we look at it. 
Again, are you married in community of property? Are you married out of community of, with, of property with the accrual or without? And the thing where, where parties are married without the accrual system, that's where it's mostly, most likely that people in a long marriage will get maintenance. Um, 20 years, even 10 years, and the wife hasn't worked for that period of time. She needs to be sustained. Now, depending on her age, her education, what did she do before she stopped working, what's the likelihood of her getting a job now is the factors that will be taken in consideration to establish if she will get um, a spousal maintenance or not. And then also, does she share in the estate of the husband? And I'm talking because it's the, you know, it can be the other way around, but this is normally traditionally how it works. So <clears throat> if she doesn't share in the estate, the chances are much stronger that she will get spousal maintenance for a long period, even till death or remarriage. But if she's younger, it can be that she gets rehabilitative maintenance for a period of time, which can be anything from a year, two years, five years, even ten years. So that she then possibly could find, in that rehabilitative yes. stage, be able to re-educate or retrain to be able to get a job and to go back to work. Correct. Okay. Correct. So what is very important to know is you cannot get spousal maintenance if an order has not been made at the divorce. So it's something that you need to be aware of at yes. the time. I mean, would attorneys, I would imagine, would mention this though. Well, yes, but sometimes it slips through. Okay, it so does slip through. So it is something to bear know. Bear it in mind, yes. You cannot go and claim maintenance two years after the divorce if it wasn't made in order at the divorce, even if it was for one rand at the divorce. Now, and, you, and, and community of property marriage, you were not likely to get spousal maintenance? Depending on how much you will get out of that. Okay. And again, you know, um, did you work, didn't you work? On all, of, all three of them, that is the same question. Health, etc., etc. Um it is, can you sustain yourself after the divorce or not? That's, that's the main question. So, um, yeah, that's, that's more or less what I have to say about spouse. And it is something, as Mandy says, you know, be aware of it because it could just slip through yes. and um, rather get it made in order of the court at the time of the divorce. Otherwise, that's it. Yeah. You can't go next week even and say, oh, sorry, I meant to mention, because it's gone. No. It's gone. Or ask your attorney about it. Let your attorney advise you if you are the person that can qualify for maintenance or not. If, even if you don't, at least you've asked. At least you've asked. Now, we get to children, visitation, all that sort of thing. That's another big bone of contention. Um, what are the rules and regulations? I mean, the Children's Act has laid things out pretty clearly, but there is still arguments about this. There's lots of arguments about it. Um, parents do think that the Children's Act says that uh, co-parenting means joint parenting. I don't agree with that. There is different camps in the legal field about that, where they say that um, you need to make joint decisions. I've looked clearly, and I wish somebody can show me when the Children's Act does the word joint parenting appear. It's, it, what I can see, it says co-parenting. But Section 1331 refers very clearly about where co -decision, uh, uh, um, major decisions need to be made and how. It doesn't say that you have to make a joint decision about the schooling of the children, where they stay, 
um, which religion they are going to or if there's a change in religion. There's a few, there's about five, six aspects that they see as major. What the act says is you need to take the other parent's um, thoughts in consideration. You need to take, think about and talk to each other. But then any parent can make a decision. There has been cases, um, the one is J versus J, which is one I, I use quite often when I ask myself, is this a, a matter that we need to use both parents or not? In J versus J, for example, was the father didn't pay maintenance, even though he was ordered to pay maintenance for the children. He had the, ch the child, or they initially had the child in a school in Rosebank, and the mother got remarried, and moved to town, and she wanted to move the child to Jan van Riebeek. But um, um, the father then said she couldn't do it. The court then make a made a decision to say she could, because she did consider the finances, the fact that he didn't contribute, the fact that he was just obnoxious, and she was then, you know, given leave to keep the child in um, Jan van Riebeek, because it was more convenient for her and cheaper for her to do that. The other thing about the Children's Act that's causing quite a lot of havoc is um, uh, the, the question of facilitation. And um, the, the Children's Act does not make provision for facilitation. It does make provision for mediation. But there's been like a um, practice that developed in especially Cape Town where a FAMAC facilitator gets appointed and that person almost took the position of a court where that facilitator in terms of a, the settlement agreement can make certain decisions on behalf of the parents. But there's again some controversy about that because um, um, the Act says that the parents cannot um, transfer their decision-making rights to a third party. But because it's very helpful for the courts to keep a facilitator, which normally either a family law attorney or a psychologist, you know, busy, keeps them busy and keeps the courts loose. That, um, so that's why it's, it's quite accepted. And it says, if you agree on it, then you can do it. But now what I'm finding is people go in with the same fight, fight, fight attitude after the divorce. So nothing has changed. They have to con uh, 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 share the fees of a facilitator. But the facilitator can make any decision after assessments has been made and a court order has been made around contact. The facilitator can change that with further and not necessarily even with further assessments. So it becomes quite a fiery field sounds to negotiate. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm seriously confused now. I mean, I, I would say, and it makes, unless it's exceptional circumstances where there's abuse involved, maybe you should just try and work it out. Yes. Because this just sounds way too complicated for it me. Complicated and expensive. Well, let's take our first caller, David, in Soweto. Good evening. Hello, how are you? Hi, very well. Thank you, David. How can we help you? All right. Um, thanks for the nice show. Uh, it's for the first time I've phoned this time. Oh, welcome. 
Um, just want to make a quick comment is that um, I personally come from a nasty divorce and uh, often what happens is that either through attorneys or some, some other things you find that you know what um, you get chased and like a person wants to clean you out without taking notice of the interest of the kid. You know, I have two boys and my ex-partner really wanted to clean me out and I never knew about this collaborative thing, but my point at that time was that, you know what, can we talk about it in the interest of the kids? You know, whatever that you want, you know, let, let, let's put the kids forward. But that was not the point in such a way that, you know, I was taken to court and, you know, with the intention of making sure that, you know what, I, 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 I come out of the divorce with nothing. And the point was, you know, my partner at that time wasn't working. I was doing everything. She even went to the court and said she's a single mother taking care of the child and all those kind of things. And the unfortunate part of it was that the court never listened to me. You know, it really didn't, you know. Um, I had moved out of the house, so even when the summons came, I was not sure. Up until the judgment came, but you need to do one, two, three. The point that I want to say is, you know, sometimes with the attorneys that we have, when you go to the attorney and say, I want a divorce, the attorney will not say, no, can I listen to the other side of the story? It's about the money. You know, that how much money can I extort from the other partner who is not party to, you know, the decision that I'm making currently. And I think with this law in future, you know, it will help a lot of couples who are going through the same thing that if the law can put the interests of the child as number one without having litigations of the best lawyer talking, I think we'll actually go much ahead, and I really appreciate it very much. Thank you. David, this is exactly why Mandy is so excited about this collaborative law. It's very new here in South Africa. There are only 25, there are only 25 practitioners in the whole country at this point. It's a very, very new thing. As you said, it's been operational in the UK and in the States for quite a while now. And it sounds yeah. like the best, and one of the things that they do, as you might have heard in the beginning, is that it's very much focused on the children being involved, to being part of this whole this whole thing, this whole divorce, and that their 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 views are taken very much into account, and there it is really in the interests of the child. So you're quite right. I mean, I mean if, if 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 you have been living with your children, and you're being told that you will get um, the hours to visit your child, and even the father, you know, you know the father, you everything is that child, and you're being told that you know what. You have never abused the child, you have never abused the partner, and you have been told that we'll give three hours to so much painful. And you look at your kids and say, my kids are going to lose their father because of some other attorney and the partner just want to make money out of cleaning the house, out of doing this, out of cleaning me out. And that's what I'm saying, like, you know, for, for me, you know, I got married again. Hopefully it doesn't happen again, you know, but, you know, you look at it and say, you know what? If it happens and we have, you know, this collaborative law, a lot of things in the interest of the child. Absolutely. Really much better because of what you breathe out as parents fighting out of the team. We create the monsters that we see today that appeal. Like oh, David, this line, da- David, we're losing you. This line is, is not good at all. But I think we've got your point, and I really have to thank you very much indeed for calling because you've said exactly what, what we were hoping somebody would say. So thank you so much for the call. Thank you, David. Good night to you. You tuned to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Karen Key, and this is The Law Report. My guest tonight is Mandy Schultz. She's an attorney practicing here in Cape Town as Schultz Inc. Attorneys, and she currently specializes in family and divorce matters. If you have any questions on this topic, you can call us on 0892 10 2010.
0892102010. What David was saying was pretty much what you were saying in the very beginning. That you know, it's the lawyers fighting amongst themselves. Who's got the biggest, baddest lawyer um, to get the most out of the other party? And that isn't where we need to go. No. And remember, attorneys has been trained for years and years and years. Our job is to protect the client's rights. That's actually what his job is. But there are cases and there are cases. You know, it's one thing if you're fighting over money, over millions, or even a house or something. Well, you could start off with millions, but by the time you get to the end of it, you could have no millions at all. Absolutely. So I think the legal profession also needs to start shifting with the times. Um, People, remember, at the beginning, as I said, it's the perception that they go in with at the divorce. It's that fear, absolutely fear-based. So if I go in to a divorce and I know, okay, I haven't worked, I'm scared. I don't know how I'm going to feed my kids. Is he going to pay? So I'm going to get an attorney that's going to make sure I get as much as possible money so that I don't really have to count on monthly maintenance. And then on the other side is, she's going to clean me out. I need somebody to protect me so that I get a fair deal and that I can see my kids. If you go in with that intention, that's what you're going to get. But if you go in and say, I understand he or she is scared. I understand it's a very unknown space. We don't know what's going to happen. Let's respect that. Well, I just want to tell all of you listening, I've got a very nice document here that uh, Mandy brought me. Excuse me. And it's all about collaborative law. And if you are interested in finding out more about this, I'll very gladly send you a copy of this document. Just drop me a mail to law at safm.co.za and I will email you a copy of this. It's it's really, it breaks it down into sections. It's very easy to understand. And it's just the basic points of what collaborative law is all about. It's it's possibly the best thing I've seen as far as divorce law in a long time. Yeah. In a long time. And I must also say there's a few good books about divorce. There's um, two books that I basically hand out to my clients at the first consultation. The one is Divorce for Dads. It's a book by Gary Bailey. He's, uh, he lives in Johannesburg, and he worked with a guy called Nick Woodall, who's from the UK, and he's a psychologist there. And um, Nick and Karen Woodall wrote a book, Guide for Separating Parents, Putting Children First. And if I can just bring one thing over tonight is even before you think about divorce or mentioning it, get one of these books and read it so that, and then hand it to your spouse so that both of you can just have a little bit of an idea what is going, what is the emotional state because when there's a bit of an understanding, it does bring more compassion and kindness you know, as the parent towards the parent of my children. So, um, Divorce for Dads is a nice, thin book. I think it's written for all those guys who don't like reading, but know they need something. (laughs) And you said that's by Gary Bailey with Nick Woodall. Yes. Okay. Yes. And the other one is Guide for Separating Parents, Putting Children First, and that's by Nick and Karen Woodall. That's it. Okay, so I'll I'll remind you of those again in a moment. Uh, Neil in East London, good evening. Yes, good evening. Hi, uh, um, my story has got a long story, but I'll try to keep it as short as I can. Okay. Um, actually, uh, um, my wife, who I have since divorced, 
uh, a few years ago because she's like had some infidelity and disappeared and then she had a child with another person and then she returned and we sort of reconciled and we assisted her because I've got three kids with her. And um, then when she left that little child with uh, the father, and she was not in a good state, so she left the child with the father. The child was just probably about five or six months old. But then she couldn't get access to the, to the child, but eventually I had to go to the high court from my side to, to try to assist her to then get the uh, normalized the, uh, visitation and stuff, which the high court then set that order straight, and thereafter the guy had to conform to every two weeks to send the child. And the child is now actually four years old. This is actually like four years ago. So um, since then, about a month ago, uh, he decides now he wants to move from Durban. That's where we actually live. I'm just working in East London this couple of days. But he wants to move from Durban and relocate in Joburg. And um, now, the rented, uh, in fact, I had to pay and send the attorney again back to High Court now to find out what is the latest on the matter. And then the High Court says, no, you can move, but he needs to find a way to get the uh, visitation rights uh, correct. But uh, the way I read it, I didn't want to intervene too much because it's not really my um, my business entirely. I just paid for the whole process. But uh, the way I looked at it is the High Court did not take, I mean, it was quite an obvious thing for me to look at, did not take into, into um, essence the child's now attachment to the mother. This child, because I monitored this child every two weeks when the child comes, this child is so stuck to the mother. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that the court just did not take that into consideration. So now after a month, the guy comes down because the high court told him he needs to produce an address, which he, he goes over and over uh, um, uh, uh, not listening to the high court. And, 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 um, and now every time we try to get an answer, I've got to pay for this lady to get the attorney again to go to high court, which is costing me money. But now the child comes home this weekend. I wasn't there because I was here in East London this weekend. And the child refuses to go. And she says, every time she comes, she says, no, I want to stay with you, mommy. I need a little baby at three to four years old. But uh, the high court doesn't seem to understand that. It's a problem. Uh, first of all, Neil, I must say, well done to you for doing what you're doing and, uh, and assisting yeah, with this. Yeah, I know. As I say, it's a long story, but uh, thanks mm. a lot of people do tell me that. But I- I'm just trying to get to the essence because okay. I-, I just turn on the radio now as I'm driving to my BNB. And then I'm just hearing about the collaboration uh, effect. Okay, well, but, uh, just... what, are you, what are you are saying, it makes common sense and should have been from the first time up. Well, because a... even, even when my wife disappeared and when she sort of kept, tried to reconcile, I never, ever kept the kids away from her because I know that will destroy the person. There's not, there's not many people I, I, like you I out there, Neil. There's not, many, there's not many people out there like you, Neil. No, no, that's, that's for sure. Not. Let's, see, anyway, let's see what Mandy... Okay. I'll listen on the radio. Okay. Thanks, Neil. Okay, Good night. Thank Bye-bye. You. Mandy, uh, well, first yeah. of all, Neil needs a gold star or something. <laughs> he does. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, um, I really want to acknowledge him for standing mm. in, next to his wife in partnership with her like he does. And, um, you know, this is one of those classical cases where, you know, people don't think when they, when they create children. Yeah, they <laughs> Unfortunately. So there's always consequences. And having children doesn't mean that the parent has to be bound down to one jurisdiction. Depending on what the court order says, um, the other person has to be taken in consideration at the move. And
And that's where in Cape Town, I don't know so much about the other provinces, but in Cape Town, the courts will not make such a decision to allow a parent to move or not if there was not a forensic um, assessment of the children. And in that um, assessment, they look at the bonding with both parents, what is the relationship with the parents, what's the relationship specifically with the primary caregiver, and what is the financial implication. For example, uh, the financial implication, if the father worked in his London, let's just say for 10,000 rand, and he can't get through, and he moves to Johannesburg where he gets 20,000 rand, the courts will most likely say, he needs to feed the family, and he has a right to move. Because remember, it's also a constitutional thing. It's not to be restricted to your area. You can't tell anybody where they have to live. So that is the unfortunate, the sad thing here uh, with, with Neil's wife is when she gave primary care to the father at the beginning, she also gave away some of that right to say where the child lives. And um, again, as I said at the beginning, the, the Act doesn't say you have jointly have to decide where the child is going to stay. Except if your court orders say that you have to make a joint decision. Then it's a different thing. So that has to actually be in the divorce it order? It has to say oh. a joint decision making. And that's why I said right in the beginning, there's some controversy around that. Because you're contracting out of what the um, Act actually says. But in practice, it is something that can hopefully reduce some litigation. But does it? I don't think so. From my experience, I don't think so. So in this particular case, the father who, of the child, obviously who is the primary caregiver, is unfortunately quite well within his rights to move to Johannesburg. Yes, depending if there's stuff in the papers, you know, facts in the, in the, in the uh, court papers that we don't know here. Um, it's, it's very difficult to give advice uh, with, seeing the you documents. Know, mm. having a, a proper look of everything and the reasons the court gave. Now, the fact that the child is, is not wanting to go with the father, can there be a, a change to that yes, order? Yes, there can be a change. And again, you know, in Cape Town, we will probably refer that to a forensic psychologist and bring then an urgent application in the jurisdiction where the child stays. He cannot just move. Um, so he will have to bring an application where the child stays and um, um, have the care contact changed which is now Johannesburg, and by the sounds wanted to go back to Durban. So they yeah. will have to have the forensic yeah. psychologist assess the child in Johannesburg. And possibly there is a possible, if, if everything is okay, there is a possibility that they could recommend that the child goes to the mother. It can. It's going to depend on so many factors. The one is um, how, how much discipline does the father give? You know, and is it actually much easier to stay with mom because she's much more lenient? And a four-year-old, can they really express what they really want? The other thing is the boy or a girl. What will be in the best interest? If it's a girl, is it to be with mom or is it to be with dad? What is the development stages of the child? What was the bonding in the beginning? How much was she involved right at the start? Even though the child lived with the father when he or she was six months old. If there was continuous contact and a, and a strong bonding, you know, it's stuff to, to be taken in consideration. It's not just the thing of, yes, this is what the law says. There is no thing, such thing <laughs> in family law. Each case has to be 
um, adjudicated upon separately. There's also these awful stories you read about in the papers and the magazines every now and again of parents literally absconding and leaving the country with the children, and then you can't get them back. And this is the the terrible, terrible thing. You can get them back through the Hague Convention. Well, but it takes forever. Well, I had a matter, um, was at the end of last year, where something like that happened. Is We went through a high court matter, we got to a settlement, mother went to Canada, and then absconded. So my client went through the family advocate and the Hague Commission, and they did find the children, and then they um, did get to a different agreement. And again, they looked at what's the best interest of the child. And in certain circumstances, the court will say, or the commission will say, that child needs to go back now, and the child will go back now, and the defaulting parent will pay the costs. So they are very strict about things like that. And, um, you know, also locally, um, I, I think it's just causing more havoc if parents don't talk, if they don't, in Afrikaans they say, begrawe die swaar beile, you know, let go of that stuff. If you have children together, let go of the fight. Only way you can get to a point where you can open channels of communication, where you can start building relationship for the benefit of the child. The better the relationship with the pa- between the parents, the better it is for the child. The less stressed the child is, and a child will start eventually to speak openly. That's what you want. You know, you don't want this fearful child not wanting to say this with one parent and that with another parent or start lying. And that's just their own defense mechanisms because they don't have the coping uh, skills to deal with this adult nonsense. And really, it's uh, anger, reactivity, resentment. And I want to actually put the resentment top of the list. That's causing all this absolute chaos um, in families. In a, lot, a lot of the time when you can understand the anger, you, you can. And you, you, you are coming from a place of, of deep hurt. Yes. And invariably it starts off with this hurt and which yes. then you know, grows into the anger and the resentment. And, the, and you can understand where that's coming from. But a lot of the time if there are children involved, unfortunately, you've got to get to a point where you have to try and, as David so wisely said at the very beginning, you need to, everything has to be in the best interest of the child. Yes. And you have these children and you are responsible for their well-being. I know it, it hurts. I know that you're angry and resentful and seriously are looking to do the worst you possibly can to your partner to get back at them. But think of the children. Exactly. And the thing is you can have your anger, but don't let your anger have you. Oh, I like that. Okay. There's a huge difference. Mm. You don't have to act on the anger. That's why with the Freedom Finder and the work we do, is to deal with these things. To say, yes, have your anger. Here's a space where you can deal with it. Shout, hit the pillows, do what you need to do. But before you speak to your ex, do your work so that you can come from a clean, clear space. And if that person reacts, you don't have to react back. Now, are there people like you all around the country or are you, is only this whole thing happening here in the Cape? Well, collaborative law is um, there was now a course this weekend in Johannesburg, and I'm not completely sure of the figures there, but I think it's about 15 or 18 uh, practitioners that qualified there, and we are 10 practitioners in Cape Town. So how do people find out where you are and who you are? 
Well, at the moment, he's still a bit new, so they can contact me and I can put them in contact with people. Around the country? Around the country, okay. but it will basically be Johannesburg and Cape Town. At this point? Yes. There was no one else from it, like Durban or Pretoria or Maybe Pretoria. or Mpumalanga? Not or yet. Not yet. Okay. not yet, but we are forming our associations here, and um, the plan is to have another training probably later in the year. Okay, so just a reminder, there is a document on collaborative law. It explains exactly what it is all about. If you'd like a copy of this document, just drop me an email to law at safm.co.za and I'll send you that. If you'd like to find out about collaborative law and who and which attorneys are involved with collaborative law, you can contact Mandy and I'll give you her number here in Cape Town. It's 21 0408. If you miss any of these contact details, um, you can just have a look at the Facebook page. It's uh, what is this? Law on SAFM, or you can email me law at safm.co.za, and we'll pass all that information on to you. Um, Mandy, is there, would there ever come a time when pretty much most attorneys would deal in collaborative law? Because I mean, I reckon this is the way to go. It is the way to go, but you also need your Godzilla still. <laughs> You have to ask, what, but yeah, okay, for certain things. <laughs> when it comes to matters of family, yeah, you know, it needs to just kind of come down an, a notch and, and become so. a little more gentle I than just so. fighting all the time. I think so. I think attorneys has got a big role to play in this. And again, you know, um, with all respect to my colleagues, that's what we're trained to do. But we need to put on another hat. We need to see, is this really working? Is this working for our community? And is it worth the money? Yeah, probably, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because attorneys are getting a bad name. I'm not sure if it was David or Neil that said that. Um, David, I think it was, it was David, David yes. about that just the attorneys making money. That's unfortunately the reputation that attorneys earn themselves out, of the, uh, out there. And um, I, would, I would love it to, to see a change. And that can only happen when an attorney says, fighting is not working. We need to stop fighting and need to be peacemakers, which I think in the years way ago, that's actually what law was about, was to try and make the peace, not to slaughter each other. Because, I mean, at the moment, it's the case of who can get more out of whom exactly. you know, and who can get the best of somebody else. And you, you, don't, you can't go on like that. Cannot go on like that. And at whose to whose benefit? Not the children, for, for starters, and not to you. Definitely not the children. And us as attorneys, let me tell you, we need to live in that body. Yeah. Two, three o'clock in, at night, I sometimes wake up and think, yo, that case is bothering me. Is it worth it? And the people involved in it, I mean, the trauma, I mean, it's traumatic. How, you said it was worse than death. Yes. Divorce. Yes. And when it comes to emotions and things like that. And yes. you can actually, it, it is bad. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it's not, it can be all, you know, wine and roses, but it doesn't have to be as bad as you possibly think it could be. No. You can actually make it a lot easier on yourself and your partner, soon to be ex-partner, and your, your children. Yes. And for the attorneys themselves, I'm telling you, I'm finding a huge amount of fulfillment in what I'm doing with my coaching and with the flirting with divorce. You know, um, I, I feel proud about what I'm doing there. You know, when I prepare people for a mediation and they phone me and they say, thank you, you made a difference. And I know I could have told them, look this, 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 go and do this. No, just 
stay assertive, stay yourself, stay your higher self. And just by doing that, people go in with a different attitude. And with flirting with divorce, people come in and say, thank you, I'm not going to get divorced. Or yes, I am going to get divorced, but I'm not going to have this type of divorce. Can you refer us to a mediator? Or can you mediate something for us? You know, it is, I sleep much better at night. And if you wanted to find out about that, you can. there's a website. It's www.freedomfinder.co.za and all the information about the flirting with divorce, divorce is on there. And that is what Mandy was saying in the beginning, was if you are thinking about getting divorced, if you're flirting with the idea of divorce, possibly look at doing one of these courses and possibly heal your marriage. It, it can actually do that. You said that you've, of, of all the cases you've done, only one has actually gone off and got divorced. So far, yeah. As you said, more could in the future, but at this point, the ones, other people that you've uh, counseled in this flirting with divorce uh, courses have actually decided to work on the marriage and uh, things are looking positive. Yes, and they are in counseling. They're working with counseling. Some of them I'm coaching. I've referred many clients to a program called More to Life and that can be checked out at moretolife.org who really gives you the tools to deal with that thing called anger and your self-esteem in this. So there's so many ways that um, you can release the stuff and the negative emotions before you go in divorce. And don't rush into it. Take six months to find yourself and deal with the anger before you go into that action. Well, my thanks once again this evening to Mandy Schultz. She's an attorney practicing here in Cape Town as Schultz Inc. Attorneys, and she currently specializes in family and divorce matters. And she's been my guest on tonight's edition of the Law Report program. Mandy, thank you once again very much. Very interesting program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. And just a reminder, if you're wanting a copy of that collaborative law document, email me at law at safm.co.za. If you want to find out about the Flirting with Divorce courses, there's a website, www.freedomfinder. .co.za and also for collaborative law if you'd like to find out who's doing what where you can call Mandy on 021-424-0408 and all those details will be on the website this evening the law report is on the air on SAFM every Monday evening between 9 and 10 and in next week's program we'll be talking property law with attorney Marlon Chevalier so join me for that next Monday the 29th of April and I'll be back with you again tomorrow evening just after 9 with health matters so join me then and just a reminder again any information you need for the law report Facebook is law on SAFM the email is law at SAFM.co.za and if you'd like to download a podcast of the show you'll find the link on the Facebook page 